How was your Thanksgiving? Good? Good food? Good, good, good. You know, holidays can tend to be good times, but they can also tend to be pretty pretty tough, right? You know, that auntie that you haven't spoken to in, in forever. Um, how, how was your family? How was that? Was that good? Family, friends? Good, good. You know, um, Thanksgiving was amazing for me. I am um, thankful for a number of things. Number one, my wife. We were in Whole Foods. Um, we were shopping, and she grabs my phone, and she calls my mom. And she says, hey, mom, how do you bake sweet potato pie? I'm like, wow, look at you. She said, yeah, babe, I want to I wanna bring, well, this is our home now, but we're from Florida. I want to bring some of your grandma's touch up here to Maryland. And I said, I, I don't know. I don't know if you can top grandma. Now, how many got some grandmas that can throw down up in here? Got some grandmas that can throw down. And um, so my, my grandma went to heaven um, a few years back, so I know Jesus had a great Thanksgiving. Um, but as for me and my house, um, we're still trying to catch on to her recipe. And would you know it, my mom was able to help my wife through, um, had to get the nutmeg and, and, and sugar and, and the right kind of crust and all this stuff. And, man, I took that first bite, and it was glorious. It was, it was touched by God. It was phenomenal. And so I'm eternally grateful for my wife's sweet potato pie. That was about it. Everything else is stress, stress, stress. But, um, hey, we're in a series entitled Perennial Architects. And so life is a gift. Life is a gift that God has given. And it's so vital that we build our lives on what stands the test of time. We want to build our lives on what stands the test of time. Uh, I pray that you would take notes today. I'm, I'm, I'm in teaching mode. Um, past two weeks I've been preaching hard. But I'll probably be at this this. Um, tempo for for today so please uh fight to stay awake and and take notes and seek to apply these notes when you leave um today i want to talk about the greatness of gratitude the greatness of gratitude um we are in the season of of gratitude and i know thanksgiving was thursday but let's let's speak in this vein um i believe that when we uh, express gratitude um god shows up and he he wants to bless us and and he wants to show himself mighty and powerful in our lives and so we need to be people who adopt a spirit of gratitude um, not just on a sunday in which how many people sunday is your favorite day of the week don't be ashamed because you get to come to the best kept secret in the dmv highlight church is that good we got about 20 percent of the crowd um glad you're here um, so, yeah, so I know who I'm talking to today. So, um, um, yeah, I believe if we would adopt a spirit of gratitude, um, it's going to determine a lot of long-term um, fulfillment and, 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 and just, just goodness in our lives. Because how many people know that you can be successful, you can reach your goals. We're such a goal-driven society that even once you hit those goals, if you're not grateful for what you have now, you're still going to be void and empty when God brings blessings into your life. So I want to I speak to your soul today. Um, I'm not going to tell you a lot about, you know, God's promises and all this stuff. I want to speak to your soul. Let's do some insight work this morning. Is that okay? All right. So let's go to Luke 17, verse 11. Uh, Luke is a believer in Christ who was a physician. He never physically met Christ, but he interviewed and he talked to people that followed Christ. So this is kind of a second-hand account of the life of Jesus. And it says here, as Jesus continued toward Jerusalem, he journeyed, I'm sorry, toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. And it says here, kind of lost my place. There it is, verse 12. As he entered a village, there ten lepers stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He, I love that. Jesus, Master. Who's your master? Who is your master? Is it your career? 
Is it your spouse? Is it your money? Who's your master? Who, who is your teacher? I hope it's Jesus, mama. Give mama a hand clap. I hope it's Jesus. See, I'm, I, I know I look young in the face. Y'all like my haircut? I got rid of my beard. I left the beard gang and joined the goatee gang. I know I look young, but I'm old school. The Lord Jesus is my master. That's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. He became my master when I was 19, and uh, I haven't regretted that since. And it said, the master, Jesus, have mercy on us. He looked at them, <laughs> and he said, go show yourselves to the priest. He said, go to church. He said, go to the temple. Like, don't even, don't even come my way. Just go to the temple and show yourself to the priest. And he went on, and he said, um, as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. And so my first point today, I just want to bring out three things about this scripture is that God gives freely. God gives freely. We have to understand something about leprosy. Leprosy was a skin disease. I mean, it was so bad to the point where people, their, people's nose fell off. And so, and, and if you had leprosy, you often, you had to walk around covering your top lip and you had to yell out, unclean, unclean, unclean. You had to yell that out into the towns, into the cities, and the villages. And often you had open sores. I, I'm trying to spare you the details, but you had open sores, bleeding, pus, all this nasty stuff. You know, you have it wrapped up, and you see the blood stains through people's wrappings and all this stuff. And so um, you were ousted. You're an outcast of society. You lived outside of the walls of the city. And the only way that you could eat was people would toss their leftovers in their trash over the walls so that you could receive food. And so the reason they were treated like this was because it was believed that you had done something heinous. Maybe you were a liar all of your life, or maybe you did something inappropriate to a child, or maybe you were a murderer or something. They believed that the reason you had leprosy was because you were a rotten, a rotten sinner. Not just a sinner, a rotten sinner. That's crazy. That's crazy how we like to kind of judge other people's sins. Like, you know, I just told a little white lie. Well, what, I told a black lie? No, no, I told a little white lie. You know, it, it doesn't hurt much. And, and you, you killed someone. So, but what we have to understand is the Bible says that when you have offended one law, you've offended all the laws. And so we thank God for Jesus because he came to fulfill the law. And so um, lepers struggle with, being in society. You couldn't even be amongst your family members. So if you were a leper and you had kids, you could not see them. It was standard that you had to be a minimum of 10 feet away from the next person. And check this out. If the wind was blowing in the same direction as you and I, Terry, and if I'm a leper and if you're a normal person, I had to be 120 feet away from you. Could you imagine that loneliness on a Thanksgiving? 120 feet, outcast to society. And I just believe, honestly, that in any given season, all of us are spiritual lepers. All of us have, have offended God's law and offended God's word. All of us have hit rock bottom. All of us need hope. All of us need mercy from God. But what I love about this verse is this, is that they cried out to Jesus and Jesus showed mercy. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you are. I don't care what you've done. I don't care your background, whether you're atheist, agnostic, Catholic, Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist. I don't care who you are, what you've done, where you've been, where you've come from. Whenever you cry out to Jesus, you arrest his movement. You stop him. And he comes directly into your situation bearing gifts. And he bears gifts of hope, gifts of forgiveness, gifts of love, gifts of restoration, gifts of healing. It doesn't matter who you are. Forget all this religious stuff. As a matter of fact, this person was a Samaritan. He was a half-breed. So he was half Syrian and half Jewish. And so if you know anything about the historical context of, of Jews and Samaritans' relationship, 
um, Samaritans were deemed as unclean because they were not holistically worships of Yah- worshipers of Yahweh. So in the Jewish eye, this, this person was not only just a leper, he was also a Samaritan, so he was an outcast. But in Jesus' eye, in Jesus, in the eyes of Jesus, he was someone created in the image of God. He was a child of God, someone that God loved. And he said, you're crying out for me. I'm going to show forth my compassion and my mercy and my goodness in your life. And he comes bearing gifts. We, we can't earn the gifts of God. You can't work for the gifts of God. Paul tells us in Ephesians 2 that it's not by works that you are saved. It's not by prayers and confirmation and I got to do my, 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 my fasting and I got to pray three times, five times a day. You cannot enter heaven through works because the Bible declares that our righteousness is as a filthy rags. When it talks about filthy rags, it's talking about a woman's time. That's how God equates our righteousness. So he gives freely. You can't earn it. You can't work for it. And when you're down at your lowest, when you're out, when you don't have any answers, when you don't have any hope, when you have everything but there's something still on the inside that's empty, cry out to Jesus. He's a help in our present time of struggle. And so we see this here in this scripture. And uh, I remember I used to work the, the night shift <coughs> from who, whoever did the seven. Well, whoever worked a, a graveyard shift, show of hands in here. I did 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. hospital. Who misses the graveyard shift? I figured I figured as much. I don't miss it at all. So I worked this shift. It was a long shift. And uh, I got home, and typically I went to bed by 8.30, 9 a.m. On a good day, I'd wake up at 4 p.m., so I'd get about seven, eight hours of sleep. Um, this day, I wake up to Kyra coming into our room with a brown box about this thick, about this long. And it's about 1 p.m. She's interrupting my sleep. And uh, I wake up, and I open the box, and within it, it's a white box. And that white box has a picture of it of a very thin silver computer. I flip it over, and it's, it's, a, it's a MacBook Air. It's an Apple MacBook Air. And, man, I was, I was stoked. I couldn't show it because I was tired, but I was super excited because I didn't have eight to $1,100 to, to spend on a, on a computer. Um, as a matter of fact, I was using Chris's computer at the time. It was a black PC and it, it, it would never lean up correct. It was just terrible. And this person attempted to send it to me anonymous, anonymously, but I looked at the paper, the, the information, and it said Rebecca Minatra. She's our, li- uh, our leadership development coordinator. She pours into our lead team throughout the week. And she gave me this gift for free. And this is a woman that I had only known for about four weeks but she gave me this expensive gift that I couldn't, uh, you know, uh, 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 afford in the time. And, and she gave it to me, and, and I was filled with joy, and it was amazing, and I thank God for it. And, and that's how God is. God gives expensive gifts that you can't afford when you least expect it. This leper couldn't afford to heal himself. He couldn't even get himself into normal society to even get a job. But based on one instruction, one word from Jesus Christ, one, see, I said I wouldn't get preachy. One word from Jesus can alter your life forever. He said, go to the priest. And as he obeyed what God said, he received what he wanted. As he obeyed what God said, catch it. He received what he needed. There's always an instruction that precedes the impossible. Jesus didn't touch him. Jesus didn't pray for him. He said, go and show yourself to the priest. Because in the Old Testament, in Moses' time, if you had leprosy, 
You had to go and show yourself to the priest. They had to examine you and reinstate you back into society if you claim to be healed. So Jesus says, all right, have mercy on me, Jesus. Please help me my life. Go. And you don't want to go. Jesus, you said it. I'm going to do it. Because you're my master. Let's go to Zara, get some new clothes. Yeah! Because as they went, they were healed. They were fulfilled. I want to work on your hearts this morning. James 1.17 says this. It says, whatever is good and perfect comes down to us from God our Father who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. God never changes. Our wives change, our husbands change, our families change, our jobs change, but God never changes. He was good yesterday, he's good today, and he's good tomorrow. Give Jesus a hand clap of praise if you receive that truth in your life. He never changes. It says everything good. Every let, let's do let's do a survey of everything good. So, so do this. Inhale with me, real quick. Exhale. It's good. Let's do it again. Everything good. The clothes on your back, good. The food in your fridge. Or the and pizza that you're going to eat. It's, it's good because you have the money in your pocket to get it. It's good. The parents that you've complained about all of your life, they're good. The kids. <laughs> I'll move on. <laughs> every, every good and perfect gift comes from your father. The strength that you have is good. And there's a reason to be grateful for that. Let's go to verse 15. It says this here. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. I love Jesus. Jesus got swag. You see like, you got to, you, when you read this thing, read it. Don't read it, read it. What did I just say? <laughs> when you read it, read it. Like, like get into it is what I meant to say. When you read this thing, get into it is what I'm saying. Sorry. I didn't practice this message, so I'm, that's why I'm taking my time. I love this. Jesus got, Jesus was a G, man. He says, thanks, man. You're so, he said, look, didn't I heal 10 of y'all? I'm going to translate it. Where the other nine at? Has no one returned to give glory to God except for this foreigner, a person that doesn't even worship God? There's a possibility that the other nine were Jewish, and they what they did was because they were lonely, they, they created their own community of lepers. And so as they received their healing, they went on to church. Catch me now. Catch me. Catch me right here. They went to church. They did the cookie-cutter religious approach. The other guy, the foreigner, said, yeah, I'll do church, but church is not just a checkoff box for me. I have to go to the one who created the church for my healing in the first place. So before I get to church, before I get to church, I'm going to go and give him praise. 
because, man, if this guy loves me enough to heal me, this is a relationship. And I just, I need to return, and I need to thank him for every good thing he's done in my life. And so the, the, when, when, God, when God gives good gifts, I think it's important to show gratitude. It's point number two, show gratitude. My production team is in this, so I'll keep you guys up with me. Show gratitude. Um, last year, um, so they've deemed October as Pastor Appreciation Month. Um, last year at the end of October, um, my superhero set me down right here, right before service. It's about 20, 19 or 20 of us at the time. And they set me down, and my wife had a short message for me, and Megan, our administrator, had a short, short message for me of appreciation. And they handed me all their gifts. And uh, I couldn't control myself. You, you ever tried to hold your tears back? Like, mm, mm, <laughs> oh, you just... You're struggling. That, that sounds constipated. I'm sorry. <laughs> How can I illustrate this? Anyway, you try to hold him back and just, I burst into tears, man. Because at that moment, it, it showed me that they recognize all of the prayers and, and the hard work over the past four years that, that I have been believing God for. It just meant something for me, and it, it moved me. And, and I wanted to double down and, and continue to dedicate my life to the scripture and to prayer and to the reason why we moved here in the first place, and that was for people. So the fact that they showed appreciation and they showed gratitude, it moved me. And so I really want to encourage you, when you show gratitude to God, it moves the spirit of God. It moves him to dispose of more favor in your life when you show gratitude unto God when you thank him for all of his goodness in your life, when you express gratitude. Gratitude, I want to say this, you need to really write this, gratitude that is not shown is gratitude that is not known. Gratitude that's not shown is gratitude that's not known. My wife doesn't know that I appreciate her if I never tell her. She doesn't know if, that I appreciate her if I never show her, if I never at a certain point extravagantly attempt to appreciate her by doing something a little bit different. Your friends, your coworkers, your, your employers, your employees will never know that you're grateful for them until you actually bring them a cup of coffee just in the middle of the week for no reason apparently but to say thank you. And when you show gratitude unto people, you, you move them to go a bit further with you than what they would normally go. And so it's so important to display and show forth and express our gratitude unto the people that do the most for us. And I want to be someone who expresses my gratitude to God in tangible ways. Do you? So we see this leper, he's, he's going back to the person that healed him. We haven't read verse 19 yet. That's the key to this entire sermon, what Jesus is going to say to him. But he's doing the right thing. He's on the right track. And my thing is, is this. If, if Jesus can show me how to receive blessing, the word of God can also show me how to express my gratitude unto him. Which then creates a cycle of blessing in my life. And what I've come to find out is that Jesus does not need our gratitude. You do understand that. He's not up in heaven like, man, those people in Gaithersburg and Germantown and the DMV, they're not thanking me. Oh, my God, I'm, I'm lacking something. No, he's God. He's, he's sitting on the right hand of God. Gratitude is for us. Because it takes all of the myopic thinking and and the selfishness and the greed out of us, and it puts the glory on him. Because I'm sure the first thing those other nine did is they went to church and they went right back to normal life. But this person went back to the source of blessing and expressed his gratitude. Now, you do know that every blessing that you possess, it comes from somewhere. It does. It does. It comes from the source. 
So showing gratitude, expressing it. You have what's called the five languages of appreciation in the workplace. Quality time, acts of service, tangible gifts, words of affirmation, physical touch. I'm a firm believer that God is all about words of affirmation and tangible gifts. Firm believer. My top two is, I think, quality time and, and I forget, words of affirmation or something. And so I want to show you two ways within this point how to show gratitude unto God so that we could continue to be in this cycle. Number one is the sacrifice of praise. If you're taking notes, it's what you call the sacrifice of praise. And Psalm 34 verse 1 says this, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. The sacrifice of praise. You know what? Hold on. Go back. I'm sorry. That was not the verse I wanted to share. Do we got Hebrews 13, 15? Did I send that? I do apologize, everyone. Because this is so, this is so important. I, I have to give you all this verse. So I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you when I'm done. So if you're taking notes, the sacrifice of praise is verbal acknowledgement. Now, let, let, me, let me help you. Like, this is good stuff. And you don't just give verbal acknowledgement in church. You can do it any time of the day. So it's verbal acknowledgement for the goodness of God and all that he has done in your life. Verse 15. It's verbal acknowledgement. The sacrifice of praise is also costly and inconvenient if you're taking notes. Because it's, it's when you choose to verbally acknowledge God when things aren't going the way that you want them to. That's why it's a sacrifice, because you don't feel like it. But if you're going to mature in your faith, if you're going to mature in your walk with Jesus and be fulfilled in him, you have to get past the point of allowing your emotions to dictate and to control your praise. You got to get past the point where you, you're allowing your circumstance, your lack your troubles to dictate your praise and just say, hey, I don't care what's going on. I'm going to praise him anyway for his goodness. And it's also, what was my third thing here? It is also continual. So it's daily. It's daily. It's every day. You know, I, I was I was waking up this morning and I was tempted to to, to lay in the bed and say, you know what, I'll just show up to church at 930. I'm really supposed to be here at 9, 845 sometime, and I'll just excuse myself. I'm the pastor. No one can tell me nothing and blah, 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 right? I'm, I'm serious. Like, this is just me being open. I'm not being prideful. I'm being open. But the, the Spirit of God checked me. He said, get up. I said, all right, I'll get up. He said, get up. And the very first thing I did is I thanked him for, for breath. I thanked him for the breath I breathe. I, I thanked him for the purpose. I, I thanked him for the privilege to, that I have to be able to be in your life. I thanked him for my kids, and I thanked him. I thanked him. So when you wake up, you get up. You get up with a praise on your lips because the devil wants to put a complaint in your spirit. He wants to put a burden in your soul. He wants to put a blockage in your mind. And the way that you break through those things is you offer him a praise. So Hebrews 13, 15, it says this. It says, therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. So it's from your lips. It's from your lips. The Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you do understand what you're saying about your life, what you're saying about the next person, what you're saying about God, what you're saying about your situation. It comes from here. So what I want to do as a person that wants to be in the revolving cycle of God's blessing, I want to rearrange my heart and I want to adjust it towards praise. God, you are good. Even though it's not good, you are good. Even though it, it hasn't been good, you are good. You are great. You are love. You are healing. I want to adjust my heart to praise. It's the sacrifice of praise that, 
Even when I don't feel like it, I'm going to praise him anyway. Even when that sale does not come through, I'm going to praise him anyway. Whether it's 200 people in here or 80, I'm going to praise him anyway. I'm going to praise him anyway. Praise him anyway. Praise him anyway. Whether I'm sick or good, I'm going to praise him anyway. And so Psalms 34 verse 1 now says this, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. The word praise is acknowledgement. He's going to be first and center in my heart and in my life, and I'm going to let him know that. And then I think that that second way that you show gratitude, I said tangible gifts, is what's called the thank offering. The thank offering. Now, now this is this is good. This doesn't get a lot of airplay in Scripture. Um, really, in the Old Testament, and we see it here illustrated by this ex-leper because he's healed. He's a new man now. And so, um, some. No, I'll share that in a minute. Don't pull that up. The thank offering is a spontaneous offering. It's from the heart as well. It's what the Bible calls a free will offering. So, so in, in Jesus' time, you would bring a lamb um, to the priest as, as your sin offering or a burnt sacrifice. And the priest would kill that lamb and put the blood on the altar. A fire from heaven would be sent down to consume the sacrifice. If the fire came down to consume the sacrifice, it told you, that God had accepted your sacrifice. That was bare minimum. That was what you brought. Whenever a harvest came, this was another sacrifice. Whenever a harvest came, you got the first tenth of that harvest, which is called the tithe. So tithe is first tenth. You got the first tenth. You brought that to your designated place of worship. All of this happened in Jesus' time. And so the, the, the free will offering was above and beyond the tithe. It was spontaneous. It flowed from the heart. This, this was an individual simply in the middle of his week or her week saying, man, you know what? I just want to get up. I want to go to my designated place of worship, and I want to give God above and beyond what I would normally give him because of his unsought generosity in my life. You, you, some of you are now in a season right now where you, you haven't even sought God for the blessings that he's given you. He's just being generous to you. But some of you, much like the leper, a thank offering was also given in this regard. Much like the leper, um, you would go and give a thank offering because God met a need when you were in a dire situation. And you remembered him when you were at rock bottom. So you would get up off your couch on Tuesday or Wednesday and you would get up and you would go to the priest and you would say, hey, Here's my grain, here's my wheat, here's my barley. This is normally what I would use and take to go on a vacation. This is normally what I would use and take to party. This is normally what I would use and take to trade and make more money. But you know what? I got to bring it to the place of worship because God is just so good. So the thank offering was above and beyond a person's normal tithe. What this Samaritan is doing is he's going above and beyond his gratitude unto God. And at this moment, there's not a church that exists because Jesus is pregnant with the church right now. The church isn't born until Jesus goes back to heaven, but he's pregnant with the church right now. And so the only place this leper has to go with this extravagant gift of praise is the feet of Jesus. It's the feet of Jesus. And so Jesus leaves for heaven, and he says this. He, he gives Peter this promise. He says, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I'm bringing this in. Keep following me. So the church is not a building. The church is the people. I love the church. It was at the age of 19 that someone invited me to church. Where I was going to and fro in my life. 
relationship to relationship, someone invited me to church four weeks straight, and I finally said yes. And this is when the gospel was preached. And after three weeks in a row of coming to church and hearing about the love, the grace, and the hope of Jesus Christ, I received salvation. And I cried like a baby on that day. And since that day, when I was 19 years old, my life has been eternally changed. I was lonely. I was broken. I was desperate. I was insecure. But I thank God for Jesus, who even though he went to heaven, he left people, the church. He left broken pastors, broken leaders, a community that I could connect with, where ultimately I found hope purpose and growth and now I stand here before you today not just because of Jesus but because of the local church the place that Jesus founded the place of worship so sure I'll bring my tithe because if life change is happening I want to invest into what God is doing. And that's exactly what we're going to do on December 17th. This gift of generosity offering. We're going to go above and beyond in our praise unto God. And we're going to bring him a tangible gift. Seventy people have received Christ through this church. Over 30 have been baptized. And there is more where that comes from. And there are still people out there who have been coming to our church that, sure, they haven't professed faith in Jesus, but they've been coming for months. And God is slowly changing them. And his grace is slowly meeting them. And his love is slowly filling their hearts. And it's all worth it when you invest into eternal things. So the thank offering, God said this about it in Psalms 50, verse 23a. He said, those who sacrifice thank offerings honor me. So what did Jesus say? He said, is this the only one who has come to give God the glory? Keep that verse up. Those who sacrifice thank offerings honor me. Now, glory in the Hebrew is translated as honor. Honor is further translated as weight. Is this the only person who has come back? to give me the weight of importance in their lives and what I've done. And the way that they used to calculate money back then is through scales. They balanced it on scales. And he said, this guy has given me more weight above and beyond. Those who sacrifice thank offerings honor me. God is moved when you show your gratitude, not just by the praise of your lips. That's for you. But in order to continue the work of God in a city, he needs to know that you truly honor the work of God that he wants to do in the lives of others through your resource. I am, listen, listen, listen. Some of you, I don't, I don't know how you guys are, are taking this message right now, Jesus Christ, but I am setting you up for generational legacy. When you put God first in your finances, when you, uh, and if this is your first time, no, this church isn't about money, but we teach Bible, okay, okay? So God says, when you honor me, so listen, 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 we, we want to be blessed. We want to have a life of significance. I told you all at team night last night, our superheroes, I said, there is only one entity that Jesus is coming back for. It's not Apple. It's not Microsoft. It's not your business marketing business. It's not the schools. It is the church. And so the reason why God puts so much weight on the thank offering is because he understands that when he receives the resource that he's given you, 
it's able to push the kingdom forward. And so I was telling our team members last night that um, I was talking to our, this principal of the school because we want to start a mentorship program here. And she said, this idea that you have, there's nothing like it in Montgomery County. And she said, if you would start with one school in the next three to five years, you guys could dominate Montgomery County as being the go-to organization for mentorship. Family Service, one of our partners, we, are, we, we have been telling them, look, give us dates. We want to send 15 to 20 people every month to serve you. You have clients that need our help. What have we caused them to do in the past six months? They've had to revamp their platform of service because they only expect churches to serve summertime, back-to-school backpacks, Thanksgiving turkeys, and Christmas. We said, no, we want to be here every month, feet on the ground. Because that's what Jesus has called us to. There's a substance abuse issue in this county with teenagers. There's a heroin epidemic issue. I was just having coffee with a cop the other day. Divorce is rampant through here. Domestic violence is rampant through here. Who's going to address it? Not psychology. Not education. The church. The church. And so we have an opportunity to invest in what matters, to invest into eternity. And I pray that you would pray how you're going to go above and beyond on December 17th. This leper went above and beyond in his worship unto God. Luke 17, verse 19, it says this. And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Last point of encouragement. Gratitude determines altitude. Your gratitude determines your altitude. There are certain levels that you will never raise up to until you become grateful. And so um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm closing us out here in the next five minutes or so. Is everyone okay? Yeah. Praise God. Uh, we were sitting around the Thanksgiving table, and Jaziel, um, we went around saying what we were grateful for, and it got to Jay, my oldest son, and um, he said, man, it rocked me. Uh, my wife cried. I didn't. I tried to. <laughs> so earlier, I tried to hold my tears. This time, I tried to cry, and I'm like, son, just keep going. This, this would be a little bit more powerful if you just kept going. I'm like, kept my eyes open so the air could go in, but um, lighten it up a little bit. Um, and so he said, Dad, he said, thank you for uh, coming into my life when I was two years old and never giving up on me and taking me in. Um, and I'm just like, how can I bless you? Like, how can I make your little eight-year-old dreams come true right now? Um, it was just simply phenomenal. He was, he was expressing his gratitude. I remember there was a season when Kyra and I, some of you have heard this story before, we, uh, she was five months pregnant, but she was carrying a lot of fluid. And so she went on bed rest. And she, works, she worked per diem as a nurse, so there were no benefits. And uh, I was on staff at a church, and at the moment I was, I was making 515. They were going to increase me to 700 bucks every other week. And um, it was hard to go to the WIC office um, every two, three weeks. It was hard to minister to people but be on welfare and to get your food stamps renewed once a month at about 180 bucks for a family of three and a half. Um, it, was, it humbled me to have to move from our home, you know, six months after we get married, because we didn't wait, we got pregnant real fast. Six months after we got pregnant, we had to move into my mom's house, your mother. And she was, you know, she had rent to pay, so we had to pay $500 a month. 
So before I got my raise, that was 500 to my mom, and that was 500 to live off of for a family of four, three and a half. I had a car payment, had a $1,500 car expense. Not only that, I had to call people like Chow does every Monday. How was your visit to church? Can I pray for you? Can I meet you for coffee? How can I counsel you? <laughs> I need some counsel. I need some help. <laughs> and I was so upset with God. I was so mad, so mad. How could you ever want me to minister to people under these circumstances? And I know this church has the resource to increase my income. But for whatever reason, the board didn't agree to. And so, number one, my wife didn't allow us to stop tithing. Even though we were only bringing in $500, we were tithing at 11%. You said, we're going to give back to the house of God $55. And that just didn't make sense to me. 400 bucks, two weeks, family of four and a half. And I did, but I, I did something beyond that. I made a list of all of the visions and the dreams that God had placed on my heart. Because I believe that when you are in a dire situation, you have to see the promise of God. You can't allow that circumstance to blind you. So I wrote down, the Spirit of the Lord, he led me to write down seven areas in my life where I wanted to be within three years. And I outlined what that looked like in three years. This is where I want to be. You guys are on the side. He said, but what I need you to do is across from there, write seven areas of your life that currently match this side that you're grateful for. Gratitude determines altitude. So I wrote my seven. Then I wrote, I'm grateful for living off of $400 a month. I'm grateful for the people I have the privilege to minister to. I'm grateful for my broke down car. I'm grateful for my kids and the one that's about to be born. I'm grateful, I'm grateful, I'm grateful, I'm grateful, I'm grateful. I'm, I'm grateful now. I can see where I want to go, but I'm grateful for where I am. And what I've come to find out is that gratitude, gratitude down here, this ain't going to ring or anything, is it? Okay. Gratitude down here, you might as well just get comfortable with it. Number one, it, it produces peace. Because that's what you need. You, you don't need to be up there. Because if you were up there, you'd lose yourself. I told team last night at team night, we want more money. But one thing that money has the tendency to do is it only makes us more of who we are. So if you get more money and you're an alcoholic, you get more money and you struggle with porn if you get more money and every time you get stressed you need retail therapy you're going to get more money and you're going to wonder where did it go but paul says let us be content wherein with what we have and he lists that out he said clothing food and shelter so i came to find out that gratitude down here was what allowed me and what enabled me to get right here. And gratitude right here is what allowed me and what enabled me to get up here. Because at the end of the day, when we show forth gratitude, it's not within our power that we're going to get up and go. 
but it's through the power of God, the promise of God, and the presence of God that we are able to get up and go. But it's gratitude that's the connection to where and how far and how high we're able to go. Give God a hand clap of praise. And so 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says this, then we're going to pray. We want to know the, you want to know the will of God for your life? Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. This is the will of God, being thankful in all circumstances. I promise you, if you're grateful for where you are today, you will be where you hope to be tomorrow. Let's praise God. Let's praise God. <clears throat> hey, if you've never given your heart to Jesus, maybe this is your day. Every head bowed and in the posture of prayer and faith. If you've never given your heart to Jesus, he loves you. Cry out to him this morning. His mercy is available, his forgiveness and his love, his transforming power. Jesus has been speaking to some of you lately. And I don't believe you came to church by chance. I believe that God sent you here this morning. So I'm going to pray a prayer. You pray that prayer in your heart. You're going to give your heart to Jesus. And at the end of that prayer, raise your hand. We want to celebrate with you. Father God, thank you for your son. Thank you for your love and your mercy. Thank you for compassion. You're such a good God. Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Thank you for your sacrifice on the cross. You are the son of God. I give my heart to you. Fill me with your spirit. Give me purpose, destiny, and power. In Jesus' name, amen.